Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Movie Council podcast. The greatest thing to happen to movies since sound. My name is Dan Sherry. I am your host this week, and I am once again joined by the esteemed colleagues of the Movie Council, the COO slash hotshot banker, Mr. AJ Sherry. Hello, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> I uh, also joining us is the smooth talking Southern gentleman, the director of security of the movie council, basically because uh, he likes to carry guns. So that's right. He's perfect for security, Mr. Marky Bondurant. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. And we yeah. are back this week. We're going to be talking some more movies. Uh, we got a fun topic for you. Uh, the John Wick 4 just came out this past weekend. So uh, we're going to be talking about the John Wick movies and kind of digging into those and uh, talk about what we uh, our favorite of the first three and what we love about the, the series. And uh, before we get into that, though, we're going to shoot the shit a little bit, uh, cover some movie news, cover some we should say each other news and uh we haven't seen uh john wick four yet we're just you mentioned it but yeah we're we're just covering the first three yes yeah because we we, we, even if we had seen john wick four we wouldn't want to spoil it for everybody so so we're going to be talking about the first three but uh before we do that uh how the hell is everyone doing marky what's going on brother how's uh how's your week been what you've been up to uh, not too bad. Pretty good. Was uh, back in Toronto for a work trip again. That's actually where I watched uh, two of the John Wick movies. I'll kind of get into that once we. It's a little bit funny, um, but I'll I'll wait. I'll save that for whenever we talk about the movies. Um, trip was pretty good. I'm become a huge fan of uh, the the shawarma type of food. It's just like this one place in particular that's called Messy Shawarma. And mm-hmm. it's just a pile of rice and French fries with chicken and a bunch of like garlic sauce and hot sauce just spread all over the top and just mixed all together. It is so Shit. fucking good. Yeah. That's what shawarma is? Man, I might get a shawarma now. That's what that's how they make it at messy shawarma. <laughs> and when I was there, they gave me a sample of chicken poutine shawarma, which was, you know, poutine is the French fries with gravy and cheese curds. Um, but they're uh, spin on it because it's like you know middle eastern is what the shawarma is chicken mm-hmm. poutine shawarma was uh french fries gravy cheese curds mm. chicken and their garlic sauce with a little bit of hot sauce <laughs> so yeah. fucking mm. it was felt like a heart attack but goddamn was it good yeah uh not not a big fan of cheese curds myself but uh it's not like you know it's not like the yeah uh, it's not it's not the ones you would get like at Culver's or you know Freddy's where it's like this giant chunk. It's it's like little mm-hmm. almost like feta feta blocks, tiny little crumbles 
of cheese curd. So it's a nice little touch. Yeah. So I, um, I've only had shawarma once. It was, uh, years ago. It was like me and, uh, five of my friends, we were in New York city and, uh, this guy like opened up this hole above New York city and, all these aliens started swarming and we had to fight them off. It was, it was a whole Interesting. thing. But we, we ended up winning. I, um, the, the they were going to nuke the city, but I, I ended up taking the nuke and flying it through the wormhole, defeating the aliens and, uh, saving the day. And then we went and had shawarma and it was pretty good. Are you, are you telling me that you're on the Avengers? Are you Iron yeah, Man? I I am Iron Man. Yes, <laughs> you guys didn't know that. Wow, I didn't think I kept that hidden. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> Cue Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> so, uh, right, maybe I lied about it. Who knows? How about you, AJ? How, how was your week, Ben? Did you uh, saved New York City this week. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at no. 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 I, I let it burn. <laughs> I probably would. I, I'm not a big fan of New York City. <laughs> I, I've never liked that place. Um, no, this has been this is my last week at my old office. So, mm -hmm. yeah, on to greener pastures, I suppose. I don't know. Very different nice. Pastures, different well, you're going to be a, no, a nomad banker for a bit, aren't you? For mm -hmm. a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know why we have to keep telling this to people, but we record on Fridays, and so today's Friday, and tomorrow is actually my last day. I have to work tomorrow, but, you know, that's it. I'm done. Packed up my shit already, and don't have any loose ends. I just got to work tomorrow. I'm done with that office. Nice. That's it. Bad. Then you're going to be a nomad. You're going to be like a, like Alec Baldwin. They're going to bring you into places to, like, motivate them. and like, Second place is a set of steak knives. Third place means you're fucking fired. <laughs> Tell people yeah. coffee is for closers, you know? <laughs> there you go. I can totally picture AJ doing that, too. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I had, a, I had a decent week. It was fun. I did... Uh, so, since the last time we spoke, I went and saw... Uh, uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods. Oh, yeah. Which, which I gotta say, I, I'm gonna spoil you. Are you guys okay with me spoiling something yeah, that happened it, in the movie? It, it, I'm, I'm probably gonna watch it, but I'm gonna wait till it comes to streaming. So, yeah, I might, I'll probably at that point, you'll probably run tonight. across it online or, um, but, but here's so the movie did not do well box office wise. It was right. barely 30 million they made, and you know, it was over a hundred million dollar movie. So, it didn't do well, but I really feel like it has nothing to do with the actual quality of mm -hmm. the movie. It's basically because, like, no one knows what the fuck is going on with the DC movies. Like, we heard that everyone's gone and they're rebooting it. Henry Cavill's gone. Ben Affleck's gone. Gal Gadot's gone. All this. Yet, in <laughs> Shazam! Fury of the Gods, like, there was this... A whole kind of running thing throughout it where Shazam slash Billy Batson has like this huge kind of like crush and fanboy thing for Wonder Woman. And there's like a scene, like this dream sequence when he's on a date with Wonder Woman. And it's very funny. 
but the whole time, right, they just show Wonder Woman from like the neck down or from behind. So, you, you know, it kind of the way they did with Superman at the end of the first Shazam movie. But then at the end of the movie, Wonder Woman actually shows up and it is Gal Gadot, huh. who I thought was fired and is gone. But there she is showing up at the fucking end of Shazam. And I have no idea why. Like, uh, what the fuck? I thought she was gone. And yeah. then, to make it even more fucking confusing, um, <clears throat> the post-credit, the first post-credit scene, I guess you call it the mid-credit, um, was uh, freaking John Economos there, dye beard, and the blonde chick from fucking Peacemaker walking down a path talking, going to fucking recruit Shazam for the Justice Society. There's kind of a little funny scene where they said Justice. He's like, yes, I'm in. And, you know, confusing it for the Justice League because mm. he's so obsessed with Wonder Woman. Right. <laughs> he wanted to be around her. But the Justice Society is who we saw in the Black Adam movie with Hawkman and Dr. Fate and all that. Which, again... Yeah. I thought they were all fucking gone from the MCU. But we got people that we know are still DCU. in with Peacemaker mm-hmm. talking to Shazam about people from the Black Adam movie and having Wonder Woman in it. Well, it sounds it like is it's still so a mess. fucking confusing. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell is going on. And I can see why people wouldn't want to fucking waste your time going to see Shazam Fear of the Gods. But it is a fun as hell movie. It's really fucking great. I I had a good time. The special effects are great. The um, eh, the villains aren't as good, but the you know the the interaction with Billy and his family is still fucking excellent. And it's a very fun movie. If you're a, if you're a fan of the first one, you'll like it. But again, you might get annoyed because what the fuck is going on with the DC universe? Like, I have no idea. How would you compare it to the first one? I know you really like the first one. Uh, it's definitely not as good as the first one. But it's not as like worse as the you know reviews make it seem. It's you know, it's it's a little worse, but it's still a fucking super fun movie with awesome fucking effects and you know fun, goofy shit from you know teenagers playing superheroes which is you know uh, what makes the whole character fun so yeah yeah and and they do they address so so one of the things about shazam right like shazam is uh like an acronym you know it's uh the wisdom of solomon as he asked the strength of hercules is the h and so on and so on but it, after the first movie, it was like Wisdom of Solomon. He sounds like a teenage idiot. Where's that wisdom come from? Mm. And they do actually address that in this movie, which I appreciated as well, because that is one of the things about the comic book version of Shazam is a lot of times, you know, when he turns into Shazam, he, ha- you know, is an intelligent adult. Versus a goofy fucking teenager. So. I never knew that about the character. I don't know as yeah. much about uh, the DC characters, but I mm-hmm. never knew it was an acronym. And uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, 
But yeah, they yeah. address that. Wonder Woman shows up, which is fucking super fun. Um, and the the final one, they bring back the villain from the first one, Doctor Savannah, and Mister Armstrong. Mind. So yeah, nice. So apparently, if it, it, they seem to set up another one, so if it actually happens, he should be back again, which would be great. I fucking yeah. love Mark Strong. He's so great. I was going to say that when you said uh, the villains weren't as good this time, I was like, well, it's hard to top Mark Strong. Yeah, it really is. He's fucking awesome. So, any hooshes? Uh, well, one last thing uh, before we get into the, the movies, and we're going to be talking about three of them, so we do need some time to talk about it. But uh, I want to bring up the uh, the question of the week. Okay. We're doing these questions every week. Uh, I got another one for you guys this week. Um, and this one is kind of a two-parter. Uh, so part one is, what is your like number one on the bucket list place you want to like visit, to take a vacation mm-hmm. to? And part two is, a you know would you rather you got two choices you can take a all expense paid vacation for three weeks to your number one bucket list destination or you can take three one week vacations to three other places can't be your top one it'd have to be you know like two through four or whatever but you can take either three one-week vacations at other places or one three-week vacation at your number one destination? And what is your number one on the bucket list? AJ, you want to kick us off this time? What What is your number one place you want to visit and which would you choose? Does it have to be a real place? I mean, it it makes more sense if it is, but I guess it doesn't have to be. <laughs> like it can't. Can, I mean, can it be like you know, King's Landing or something? No. <laughs> you, you just. I mean, good luck getting bottle. there. Yeah, yeah, it'd be three weeks of you, you know, uh, I don't know, driving around in circles. But <laughs> sure. it's up to you. But I don't know. I've always heard that uh, parts of Spain are really nice. I, I think mm. that'd be, that might be. That might be my number one, like just hanging out on some beach in Spain. And it would mm-hmm. be for the whole three weeks, probably just to. You did three weeks in Spain, like way, along the, the coast near, what's it, Ibiza or something that's right off so, the coast of Spain, right? Is, yeah. So, like that trucking area, mm, that is pretty dope. So, you'd go for that for three weeks. And how about you, Marky? What's yeah. your number one and which one? What would you pick? Um, well, I'd do uh, three separate week vacations. I'd try to hit up multiple places because mm-hmm. I feel like a week in one place is uh, just enough. Um, but for number one, I've always wanted to go to like a small Norwegian village in their summertime or springtime, mm-hmm. like out in the fjords by the mountains um, when the weather's nice and everything's blooming. It looks gorgeous from pictures I've seen. Mm-hmm. And that's where I that's the, the largest uh like from uh if you want to call it twenty three and me, that's where I get like the largest ethnic pie on my chart, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe try and track down where uh, some of my ancestors came from. And then 
I've always wanted to see some of the islands or beaches in uh, like the Polynesian islands. Mm-hmm. Um, pop a week over there. And for my third place, maybe uh, back over to Europe or uh, it's a t- I was thinking Croatia, but maybe New Zealand would be really dope too. Mm. But um, what's yeah. your what, what's your number one bucket list destination though? I mean, if I had a, if I had a, a free ticket to go anywhere right now, it'd probably be Norway. That's like where I've been itching right, to go. So you got to take them off the list. You can't go there for a week. I can't go there for a no, week. No, your number one. It's either your number one place for three weeks or three different places for a week apiece. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it'd be three weeks in Norway, mm-hmm. or or three, three separate weeks. I'll do, uh, do like uh, Tahiti, and then uh, uh, Tahiti is in the Polynesian Islands, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Croatia, New Zealand. That'd be a pretty nice trip. Yeah, yeah. I wanted you guys to answer first because I'm, I, like, I can't quite decide because, like, I feel like uh, my number one is a place where I feel like I could easily spend three weeks and really, like, enjoy every single day of it. But like, you know, like one week in Hawaii, and then. You know, one week in like Iceland and one week in Australia would be awesome. But I feel like, yeah, if I if I had to pick one, I would do three weeks in my number one bucket list destination, which is Ireland. Ah. Like there's so much to fucking see in Ireland, too. I feel like three weeks would fucking be great. Like it, you can go all over, see, you know, so much over the course of three weeks. And I, yeah, I, I feel, I think I would do that. I would, I would spend my three weeks in Ireland, which yeah is absolutely my number one bucket loss, bucket list place. Nice. I, yeah. I, I feel like I will go there before I die. Oh, I'll have to. to pay for it myself, but you know, <laughs> But yeah. it would if someone offered me this, you know, full three week uh, paid vacation thing, I'd be very happy. So, nice. so yeah, that, that, I think that would be my choice. It, it is Ireland for three weeks? I think that would be. I really can dig it. So, I mean, I could. I I, I like these, these these questions each week. I think it's fun when you know people. Yeah, me too. People get to know us a little better, and we get to know each other a little bit better. I didn't know that stuff about you guys, so. Um, so let's start talking movies, son. We, we, we talked to each other enough. I'm sure people are well, just you know, skip over the news. Oh my god, that's right. We have some news. Oh, I, I <laughs> you know what? I didn't hear the news ticker, and that's what threw me off. Let me fix that right now. There we go. All now right. I'm ready for some fucking news. All right. <laughs> First and foremost, I have some very breaking news. Ooh, Top breaking. story. I I I texted one of my buddies and I was like, "Hey man, there's this movie you uh you gotta check out. It's called Butt Boy." And he said, <laughs> "I've already seen it and I love it. I thought I told oh, you about geez. it." Um, and then I got another buddy to watch it, <laughs> and, and I was like, "Fair warning, the other guys on the podcast did not like it. So it's obviously not for everybody, but uh, I'm trying to get some more people to check this out." 
and he ended up texting me back and he said he loved it and he's looking for the blu-ray he found the blu-ray on amazon <laughs> he wants to add it to his collection <laughs> he was looking at the blue he sent me a snippet of the blu-ray reviews and he's like it's very polar and the top <laughs> review just said stupid and it was one star and then the body of the message also just said stupid <laughs> They're not wrong. And then, and then there was some below it, you know, it was like some people like me, it was like four and a half stars. Like, wow, what a surprise. Love this movie. But uh, no, I thought that was funny. I wanted to tell you guys. Um, I just saw that, that uh, or I'd heard rumors about it, but I just saw that Netflix, they're going to do a Gears of War movie from uh, the video game series. Mm. Um, for anybody that's a fan of those games like me, um, you know, it's always a little dicey. Uh, the Last of Us HBO series is like pretty much the one and only time where there's been a video game adaptation that worked. So mm. Gears of War is a pretty wild sci-fi alien invasion uh, story. And maybe Netflix can do it. I don't know. But the writer that they've tapped to do it is uh, John Spates, who's the same guy that wrote Dune, uh, the screenplay for Dune. And, uh, oh, interesting. Uh, All right. And Doctor Strange. So hmm. it's got a little bit of uh, muscle there on mm-hmm. uh, the writing portion of it, at least. Um, another piece of news. I mentioned this to you guys just a little bit ago, but Frank Abagnale, the guy that the movie Catch Me If You Can is based on, mm-hmm. has admitted that the movie is also lies. So <laughs> he plays a con man in the movie. And this con man has admitted that he has conned us once again. And that is all <laughs> the bullshit. movie is a big con. Yep. <laughs> of course it was. So, right. Like, <laughs> what else do you expect? I mean, that uh, actually makes perfect sense. Doesn't yeah. It? Right. Um, <laughs> last piece of news here. The uh, creator behind Peaky Blinders, Stephen Knight, has been tapped to write a new Star Wars movie after hmm. several people uh were dropped off um i didn't recognize the names but there was a like a shakeup on i saw like taika's movie got uh pushed to the front i think and these people dropped off and now this guy steven knight has come on board to write one of the new star wars movies so peaky hmm. blinders i love that show excellent i think that's uh again some good muscle behind hmm. uh a good franchise there so hopefully he'll do some good with it that fucking name, Stephen Knight, sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen other shit he's done. Um, but before uh, I go into a rabbit hole of trying to figure out what Stephen Knight did, uh, let's talk about what uh, Chad Stileski did. And uh, right, I can't remember the other guy. Anywho, <laughs> he's the guy, Chad. Yeah, yeah, he's the main dude, and uh. We talk about the John Wick movies. Uh, you guys, uh, let, let, let's kick this up. Marky, I know you, uh, you're, you're kind of a uber fan of John Wick, no? I am, yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't, why don't you kick us off? Uh, we'll start with the first John Wick. We'll get into our thoughts on that one and kind of go from there. So, Marky, right. I'm sure most people already know. I mean, it's not, it's no big secret what John Wick is, but uh, just in case there's someone out there that's never seen a John Wick movie, why don't you uh, let everyone know what it's all about? 
Right. So yeah, uh, massive spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen it already, that's your fault. These yeah. movies have been out for a while. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, and I, I mentioned earlier that I uh, I did watch all three John Wick, the first three John Wick movies again this week. Um, mm-hmm. I watched one and two when I was in Canada on Netflix. It's only available on Canadian Netflix. It's that weird. I don't understand why, uh, you know, browsing library thing Mm -hmm. and so you can watch it in canada on netflix but not in the u.s yeah Um, u.s you gotta watch it on peacock yeah they got all three there on peacock and then on canadian netflix they only got one and two they don't have three um but one thing i I started watching one and i had seen it a couple times before um but there's these Russian characters, and whenever they're speaking Russian, the subtitles at the bottom of the screen are displayed in almost like this comic book font, like and it's uh, like a dynamic font, like it's moving mm-hmm. and it's got color and stuff. It's, it's pretty neat, in my opinion. But it's what was shitty with Netflix, Canadian Netflix, that wasn't there. It it was just gone. So to understand the Russian, I had to put on standard subtitles. Mm-hmm. But, but then when I got that, I also got the English subtitles. So I was constantly, I didn't want the English subtitles on the whole time. So I was constantly clicking between on and off on this. It was, it was lame. I ended up jo- watching John Wick three on Peacock. When I got home, I got the uh, dynamic subtitles again from the theatrical version, which was much better. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Just wanted to mention that because I thought, found it very okay. strange. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, John Wick one, he, uh keanu reeves plays the lead and the movie created by uh chad stelhesky is that his name um originally worked as a uh a stunt man in hollywood then became a stunt coordinator climbed the ladder and now he's uh directed and co-wrote the john wick movie series um and in a nutshell it's almost like an ode to uh, stunt people in Hollywood. The movies are nonstop action. All right, can, just... can I just uh, jump in real quick and sure. say the, the the basic premise of it is oh, right. John Wick is a basically like a retired hitman who, uh, due to you know people being dicks to him, he comes out of retirement and starts fucking murking people left and right and. So the the first one he's brought back in because some jerk offs uh, steal his car and murder his puppy, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that about uh, as, as we go. But uh, yeah, he he's brought back out of retirement and has to start kicking ass again, and that's basically how the first John Wick starts. Yeah, and it's. Uh... A pretty thin plot but uh, as we'll get into these movies you don't need a plot and that's kind of where i was going with this the, the movies are non-stop action um it, the stunts just getting crazier and crazier it's the movies directed by a stunt coordinator um it's all gun and kung fu and jujitsu violence very violent all the way through and like dp said um he plays a retired hitman so as a viewer, you begin the story where he's already in within his retirement. His wife has just passed away from an illness and he's mourning the loss when with some several events, he ends up getting uh, beat up 
accosted by these Russian mafia uh, sons of head, head dudes. They steal his car. They kill the puppy that his dead wife had secretly gifted to him. So it's this last connection that he has to her. And then we start peeling back layers of who John Wick is. He starts going through these weird motions. And that's what's so great about the first one is that you're piecing, to, you're, you're figuring out this world and the story as the movie progresses. Nothing's explained to you. You're just kind of finding out more and more. He's meeting up with these strange characters. They, they've got this, this old relationship, this back connection. There's this uh, gold coin currency that's traded back and forth between them all. It's this ma- it ends up being this massive interconnected cabal, like underground society. And he ends up tracking the people down and throughout the entire movie just starts killing all of them until he finds and gets back to the kid that stole his car. And he's kind of starts a war by doing this because now the that kid's father is like the head of this uh the russian ownership of that town he's he throws everything he's got at john wick but and throughout there's always these these characters that are kind of like whispering to each other like oh like they call him baba yaga which stands for the boogeyman and because they know who he is he's got this uh mythos and this lore about him and yeah that is i I gotta say that's one of my favorite moments in that first movie is um so uh john leguizamo plays this guy named aurelio who runs a chop shop and these russian kids that stole his car and killed his puppy bring the car there and as soon as aurelio sees the car he, he starts freaking out and he's like, where did you get this car? Get this thing out of here. And like, e- even though he knows this kid's dad is like the head of the Russian mob, he still fucking punches the dude and doesn't give a fuck, tells him to get out. And when the Russian mob boss calls Aurelio and says like, what the hell? Why, why'd you punch my kid? I, I heard you struck and, my son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Aurelio just said, well, he stole John Wick's car. And the head of the Russian mob just goes, oh. And hangs, and up. hangs up the phone. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God. Did he, they stole the wrong fucking car, didn't they? Yeah. And then yeah, he's, and it just he's talking to, uh, I, for, I forget the boy's name, but then, the, yeah, there's a scene right after that where he's talking to the boy and he's he's punching his son around. And he's like you know why are you, dad why are you mad at me it was just a fucking car i just stole a car and he said, it's not what you did son that i'm mad at you who you did it's, it to. it's who you did it to and he like right then and there the uh the mob boss he looks at his son like he knows like we're all fucking dead you're dead yeah. i'm dead like we're all done yeah well, what's the line that someone's like oh yeah act like he's the boogeyman he's like no he's who you call to kill the boogeyman yeah <laughs> Another fucking perfect line. God. So, uh, I've got uh, I wrote a fucking whole page of notes for these three movies. Like I said, mm-hmm. I'm a you know, huge fan of these movies, and watching them again, I was able to kind of like uh, just write instead of uh, staring at everything all the way through. And I'll mention some of these as we go along. But before I yammer yeah. on for too long, AJ, do you want to 
Yeah, so said, we haven't heard from AJ year. yet. AJ, let's uh, let's hear from you. Your your thoughts on the first John Wick movie? Didn't we talk about this movie on the show before? I'm on record saying I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there's no. Yeah, I think we brought way it we up at some point. Yeah, uh, I don't think we did like a full on review of it, but I think we brought it up at some point. Yeah, no, I think it was on. It was one of the pick a movies or something. We Possible. Figured, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, so if you watch the first John Wick movie, you're probably going to enjoy, um, like, I guess how realistic the action is and how stylized it is. And to Marky's point, the subtitles and, you know, Keanu Reeves is a believable, you know, action star. So I enjoyed it. We haven't gotten into two and three yet, but <laughs> I feel like once we get to two and three, I'm going to be saying very similar things about both movies almost because it's almost like I felt like as I was watching, I watched the first one a while back because I feel like we talked about it on the on the show and I was watching it for that sometime back, whenever that was, so I wasn't going to watch it again. I watched two and three over the last couple of days and I sort of got the sense that, like, if you you watch one John Wick movie, you've watched them all. You know, like it's there's sure. a lot of like the same beats in the story. There's a lot of it, like John Wick gets pissed off. John Wick goes and fights and kills a bunch of people that are trying to stop him from getting to the final boss. You know, whatever. Like, I it's it's there's a lot of similar beats as far as like the the close up like. Uh, handgun fire on people and like you know what I mean like that sort of stuff it you know so you get a lot of the same so I guess if you're really really into that then you should watch the fourth one too because it's probably going to be very similar in that regard um, the one thing I will say though once we kind of get to the second third especially the third is I have some fucking questions Marky and maybe you can enlighten me when we get to the third and right. that's all I'll say about that. So, no, and uh, bef- just as kind of like a, I guess uh, a, a a nod before we get into the second, third ones, there is a lot of rinse and repeat. You know, they, I th- I think they really tapped into something. You know, the first John Wick was wildly popular, at, uh, skyrocketed Chad Stahelski's career, um, as far as being a filmmaker. You know, he's he's not going to be lauded as a uh, Tarantino or Scorsese but when it comes to like action the action world I think he pumped a lot of new life into the action movies he's the what he's did in these movies is was immediately being copied as far as the style of the fights and everything that's going into it um, the first John Wick movie is is the is really like the first uh gunfight movie where the character you see him reloading his weapon and not just like because of a pivotal moment in a scene but he's constantly reloading like his his weapon actually his pistol holds 15 rounds and if when he's out he's out and like so he's in a fight you see him constantly switching mags out and it plays into the fight um of course the, you know it's, uh, that that to a degree becomes believable, but obviously he's 
uh, what you call, he's got plot armor, right? Like, like he's out there just running through crowds of people. He, he never misses. He's, he's a perfect shot. It's, it's like a comic book movie um, with guns. Um, and then also like the, the amount of jujitsu that was mixed into it, it was all pretty unique what they were doing there. And right, then, then, yeah, go ahead, uh, I was just going to say too, you guys know how much I pick apart uh, gun effects, special effects, uh, gore and violence effects. Um, the weapons that he's using are real weapons. They have, uh, there's a company called Terran Tactical that's like a famous Hollywood uh, like training grounds for actors. And that's where John Wick would, or Keanu Reeves, would go uh, and do the shooting and training and Terran Tactical is blown up. It, but he put together these weapons and provided them. So, and we'll talk more about two and John Wick two and three because I really got into it there. But um, the special effects you can see like the slide on the it's all digital, right? Because he's not actually he's not firing blanks at somebody's eye socket point blank. So it's all digital. The muzzle flash is digital, but they added in the slide actually moving and a shell ejecting, which is a nice touch. You know, as and there's. Uh, simulated recoil that's somewhat believable. Um, the the blood and guts and all that stuff is added in later in editing as well, but it's done pretty believable within the environment. If you guys remember, uh, if you ever saw the Expendables with uh, Sylvester Stallone, they did similar special effects, similar added blood in the editing. Of course, that movie was some years earlier than this one, but it just looks super fucking fake um as far as that like the the blood would land on a wall but then as the camera moved you'd also see the blood on the wall move it just it didn't work um so all that to say is as uh they did it cleanly that they did it right they tapped into something and with all that they were immediately being emulated by other action movies um and I, I'm yammering on again, but the, the the first one, the mystery in the first one too, with the the plot and the backstory and these characters, like what in the world? I think the movie, the first one on its own, stands alone and is fantastic. The second and third, you know, start to go, and like sequels often do, like a Fast and the Furious series, they kind of start to go off the rails and get a little bit too wild. But I'm a huge fan of this first one, and it, you've got uh, Willem Dafoe. Um, as another assassin character who's fantastic. Um, I forget the name that plays the guy that plays the main Russian bad guy. Uh, he's the same dude that was in the uh, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoos, the the original version, the, the Swedish versions. Um, and Alfie Allen plays his son. Um, and who there's there's uh. Yeah, Adrian Palicki's in it. Uh, she's fucking great. Dean Winters as like the the right hand man for the Russian mob boss is fucking great. He, Dean Winters for everyone, he's the uh, the dude from those insurance commercials. That's like, right. You know, mayhem like me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he he was right. a funny character. So there's a, there's yeah. a lot of these like kind of small interesting. Then you get introduced to Lance Reddick as the hotel. Uh, Concierge, mm -hmm. yeah. Ian McShane as the head of the, and um... Ian McShane as the manager of the Continental Hotel. Mm -hmm. Fantastic characters. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so this first movie, the mystery about it, I think is what's so cool. But then once you kind of start to learn more and those mysterious questions are answered in the, the later movies, it's right. That, that, so. uh, the question's gone and it's not as, uh, fun anymore, with, you know, but I, so I'm for on me, again, so. yeah, let, let, let me, let me take it from there. Cause, uh, before we move on to part two and three, I do want to say for me, uh, like part one is definitely my favorite of the three. And that is mostly due to, um, it, like his motivation, the the whole thing, the way it is set up that they, here's this guy who, you know, like gave up his whole life for this woman. He like he left everything he knew and he had nothing but, you know, his his wife and that fucking made him happy. He was good to go for until the day he died because he had this woman Um with the exception of one thing, the only thing he kept from his old life was his car. And then she goes and fucking dies. And now here he is just completely alone, separated from his old life. Uh, his new life is basically fucking done. And the like the one little beacon of hope he gets is his wife had this fucking puppy sent to him right before she died. And now he has this puppy that is his connection to his new life. And these fucking kids who are just like stuck up idiots. They, they saw her fucking flashy car and wanted to have it. And uh, they awoke this fucking, you know, beast. Like they, his, his one fucking thing he had from his new life was this puppy and they fucking kill it. And the only thing he had from his old life was his car and they fucking steal it. And they just leave this dude with nothing. And he, yeah, just goes from there. And uh, it's what made like all the uber fucking violence, like all the scenes of him just shooting people in the face point blank over and over and over again you're still fucking cheering for him because, like, you get it. Like, he was just fucking robbed of everything in his life. And as violent and as brutal as it got, you were still rooting for him. And I fucking loved that about that first movie. Um, And again, let's move on to part two, where, uh, you know, the the motivation, I think, you know, it, it changes a bit, but again, you still kind of root for him. So, so in the first one, we find out that uh, John Wick got out of the assassin game by, you know, like doing this job that they said was undoable. And by doing it, you know, he got a free pass and was able to leave the life. Uh, part two picks up with apparently the the guy he did the job for is now telling him he now that oh you've killed all these people you're back in now you owe me and we kind of go from there um and and again the motive uh, like i said the first one you're really behind him with the motivation this one it's a little different because it's like you know, like he's doing it because he owes someone a favor, not because someone murdered his puppy in front of him. That's how it starts. So, yeah. Yeah. It kind of goes from there. But um, 
yeah i i still enjoyed the second one i i thought it was still fun but again like aj was saying it's a lot of kind of similar fighting styles and stuff but it's also got enough different shit that it um it, it definitely made it a fun movie to watch it was still fucking yeah. great I, I i i like part two it's not as good as the first one but i still enjoy it um uh, Mario, what were your thoughts on part two, Mark? So, I, I think I heard you before say this was your favorite one. Right. So I like part one better, I guess, as a whole, as a movie with just kind of like the world building and the mystery behind it and the plot mm-hmm. and the characters. I like part two better as an action movie. Mm. Um, one thing that I like about the franchise in general is that so far, and I'm guessing the fourth one will do this too, but one, two, and three, they go when the first one ends, the second one picks up, and the second one mm-hmm. ends, like they go, it's this, it goes right into it. There's like, yeah, part three is like one week after part one. I think they even at one point when I was watching part three, they were like, oh yeah, just last week he killed a bunch of Russians or something right. like that. So the, the, like, yeah, the, the it's woman, like a, a week span is said, between these three movies. She said, yeah. all this trouble you've been causing over the past few weeks. Yeah, that, and that's, that's the third was, movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like each movie's been like a week. Um, but the second one opens with like a car chase scene, which got me rock hard, dude. He's he gets his car mm. back in the beginning of the second one. He gets his car back and he's just ripping around in this Mustang, smashing into shit, and that thing mm-hmm. gets destroyed. But you're right then, and once and then it's the uh, the Russian boss from the first one it's his brother that's holding onto his car and uh, mm-hmm. the second one's almost a little bit more comical because they're kind of telling some of the same stories but more like they know they're re- repeating it um and they mix up the fight like you said they mix up the fighting just enough they add and they do this for all the first three ones they they tune it a little bit to make the combat and the action just a little bit different mm-hmm. um and there's this character that comes into play that calls uh, John out saying that he owes him because he's holding on to what they call a marker. It's like a blood oath. And mm. I thought that the Russian had said that he had given John this impossible task in the first one. But the mm. yeah, Santo Santino D'Antonio in the second one, he, he it's like an Italian family. Um, there's there's these what they call heads of the table and there's the the heads of the table and then everyone that's under the table they serve the table and so john's one of the the types of people that's under the table uh angelo with the chop shop he's under the table um the russian would have been at the seat you know that kind of thing um but he calls john in to do this task he asked him to kill his sister because she's actually the one that's at the head of the family and he he wants her spot and John has to do this thing. John refuses, so the guy burns his house down. Um, once John completes this task for him, he's no longer bound to this guy by this marker because he's completed it. So he goes after that guy <laughs> for burning his house down. And that's that's the motivation for the the next half of the movie is going after this guy and all his goons. Um, and like you said... Wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he go after him because... After he deals with the sister, they try to off him. They do. That's he, really why yeah, he's going after. Yeah, him. he puts a bounty on John Wick's head. 
after he completes a task for him. And, Instead and of John, just like giving him the marker back and saying we're even, he tries to kill him. So they, you know, he, he doesn't right. have to do that. Yeah. He tries to kill right. him right after loose he does end, it. Loose end, right, the loose ends. Uh huh. So the other thing I didn't like was the chick slicing her wrist. Like I, I'm like squeamish with that stuff, and that was just that was kind of lame the way it was done. Yeah. There's some interesting characters here. Yeah, see, I didn't mind the the slice in the wrist part because it almost kind of, I, I don't know, it, it it seemed to be just set up to make you like John Wick more, that he didn't actually kill her. You know, she killed right. herself. Granted, he put a bullet in her afterwards. Just to make so, sure. It, yeah, but at the end of the day, he didn't actually go through with this shitty task he was given. So it just kind of, I don't know, it makes it so you can like him a little more, you know? And you'll you'll see throughout the movie, even though John Wick is this harbinger of death, uh, the people that know him have a huge respect for him. So, you know, she even says that, um, you know, there was a time where I once called us each other friends. And he's like, I still do. So, and there's a lot of characters that, you know, that see him. And the third one, the guy says like, are you here to kill me? And he's like, no. And he's like, okay, well, let's sit down, you know? So they know like he's a killer, but they mm. also respect him. And he's an honorable guy. Um, the, the part of the reason why I like the second one so much too, is uh, after that an, initial car chase scene in the beginning of the movie. And then when he goes to Rome and he kills uh, Gianna D'Antonio, and he he knows that he's gonna get stabbed in the back. He prepares. Mm-hmm. He, he brings more guns than he needs and leaves them in the catacombs. Yeah. So when he's exfilling from the catacombs, he picks up the the rifle and then he picks up the shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was again as a firearm enthusiast, that was really cool too. Just because that there there are shooting competitions called three guns or three gun runs where you use a pistol, a rifle, and a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And Keanu Reeves did a bunch of training with those. And as a whole, these movies, they and AJ mentioned this too, Keanu Reeves being a believable action star because he put in the hours shooting live rounds with these weapons. And so he handles them naturally and the reloads look natural. Um, He looks like he's comfortable with them and not just somebody that's like bungling. Like if you see Steven Seagal's fat ass, holding a weapon that looks hilarious mm. but it's very natural for him and that try, whole category i seen try watching him run <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i feel like keanu might have like a busted knee or something because uh anytime john wick runs it's always with a limp but it it makes sense for the story because he's always getting yeah, besides getting him uh kicked out of him. he's all yeah he's get he gets put through the ringer man he always comes out on top, but he gets the shit beat out of him all the way through. Mm. But but as far as his fighting style goes, too, I, th- I and I think why these movies work so well is because like the the old school, you know, kung fu movies, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, all these people like that type of fighting doesn't actually work in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like and we know that now, especially because of MMA, like where they put together a competition to see, like, you know, use any type of fighting you like, and let's see what's best. And you find out basically, you know, wrestling and jujitsu and uh, 
uh, judo, basically, and boxing work the boxing, best. Yeah, you know, like karate, kung fu, all that shit doesn't fucking matter. But what really works is the shit he does when he's fighting these people. You know, lots of fucking judo throws and you know jujitsu fucking holds. And then yeah, like so it his fighting style and like you said, the way he actually has to reload all the time. It, it it's real and believable. I mean, the the fucking amount of punishment he takes is certainly not right. believable. But uh, his fighting style is definitely believable. And yeah, I think that's what makes the, these movies work so well. I agree. As as fantastical as it is that he what he's doing, you know, ten guys come at him and they're all shooting at him and he mm-hmm. comes out on top. And you know, there's also some uh in the second one they introduce this body armor that's like woven into his suit. Mm-hmm. And so like it there's no penetration, but like uh the bullets would still go in and break all of his ribs and his sternum and collapse lungs and yeah. damage organs, but he just shakes it off. Yeah. Um, Amazingly, he gets thrown off a motorcycle and fucking gets up. It's, yeah. And you talk talking about using the uh, the combat moves that work. It's that car chase scene in the beginning when he gets out of the car. There's like three dudes that he just kicks them all straight in the balls. <laughs> then, like before they even get to him, he goes like one after the other, kicks them all in the balls. Yeah. Um, and by the third one, he's kicking a lot of people in the balls. It's pretty funny, but um, one thing uh, I want to real, uh-huh. sorry, real quick, just a yeah. shout out at the beginning there after the car chase, the uh, the brother of the Russian guy, uh, played by Peter Stormare. Oh, yeah, one of my fucking favorite character actors on the planet. That guy mm-hmm. fucking rules. I love him. He's in everything, he's almost always a villain, and he's a Russian always too. fucking kicks ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in Fargo. He's fucking awesome in Fargo. He's in mm-hmm. like every other TV show you watch. He, yeah, he's fucking awesome. I love Peter Stormare. Yes, they 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 bring in some great people for these great actors or great characters. Mm-hmm. Um, that that scene going back to car chasing where he gets his car back and Peter Stormare's in his office just smoking a cigar and you see him kind of like staring at the ceiling and all you hear is like people groaning and cars right. crashing. <laughs> Yeah, he's just sitting there like, ah, boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing I wanted to bring up at at this point too is uh this gold coin currency that they've been using. I've couldn't nail down its monetary value because at one point in the first movie, he gives the concierge a gold coin for a two night stay at the Continental Hotel. He gives the guy that cleans up the bodies in his house like nine gold gold coins, like nine bodies. Okay, a coin a body. Yeah. Uh, then later, it looks like he gives a valet kid a gold coin, and then yeah, that's a tip. <laughs> and the second movie, uh, we also get introduced to uh, the character Cassian, played by Common. He's the he's the bodyguard mm-hmm. for uh, Gianna D'Antonio, and he's I got like it out him. for John Wick. Yeah. After John Wick goes through that, then Cassian's after him. When they're on the Continental, it's like a safe zone in the game of tag. Once you're inside, you can't do anything. It's like, you know, time out. I'm inside. So they're in there having a drink together, and Cassian gives a gold a gold coin for two drinks. 
So I'm not really sure, you know, it's just like an arbitrary value. They just throw these gold coins around. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's a fistful. It doesn't really, I don't know, but I just kind of want to mention that because it uh, never really, not that it needs to clarify it, but it doesn't really seem to be a rhyme or reason for how much things cost when it comes to the secret society. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so overall, like I said, I, I liked part two. I thought common was great. I, I was rather let down by uh, Ruby Rose, her uh-huh. character, like the whole deaf thing and signing. I don't know. She, like, I, I like her too. Uh, I thought she was great in Orange is a New Black. She was um, Batwoman for a season on the CW. Like, I like her. I feel like they kind of wasted her. I thought her character was kind of fucking stupid. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't like her. I, I thought Common was great. She was a waste. But um, yeah. But overall, I think Part Two was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. And I didn't. I didn't really care for her character either. But I didn't feel like you needed to because, like, she was kind of like a piece of shit. You know, with she was the one lead, leading the backstabbing operation. Yeah. Um. She always acted like this real big badass, and yeah. then she when was... John Wick and her finally got like a face-to-face fight, he puts her down real fast. Immediately, yeah. Like, yeah. It's not, I, I did like that part because let's be honest, like it, it, with as much ass as he's kicking, there's no way that fucking girl would stand a chance against yeah. him. Yeah. It, it, it's just the way it is. Like fucking, you know, he's just too big and strong for her. So I'm I'm glad they portrayed it that way. That he just fucking destroyed her in two seconds. When when she dies, and a lot of these characters say this, I want to ask you guys what you thought because uh, it's been a, a running thing throughout these first three movies. Um, first, it starts with uh, the Russian boss at the end of the first one. John puts a knife through his chest, and the guy says, I'll be seeing you, or be seeing you. And then he slumps over uh, when... Uh, John puts a knife again through Cassian's chest and he says mm-hmm. it's stuck in your A order. If you pull it out, you'll bleed to death. And Cassian says, be seeing you, but we don't really see him perish. Yeah, um, I do wonder if he made it. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering. You know, in the fourth one, I'm wondering if they'll bring any of these characters back because there's been a mm. handful of them that have that said this to him yeah. that we didn't really see. Even the Russian mob boss guy, like, Eh, he's probably dead, but like, it's not like a for sure thing. They could bring him back if they wanted to. Um, Ares, Ruby Rose's character, it looks like she fucking died. Like she, she was mm-hmm. bleeding out bad. And but she also says that be seeing you. And John just says sure, and she slumps over. Yeah. She looks fucking dead. Um, and if there's a, one in the third one too that says it. Not the guy with the samurai sword through his chest. He's fucking dead. But there's another one that says, be seeing you. And it looks like he might pull through. The dude with the samurai sword through his chest did say that, too. He so. did. See, it's been a running thing. Um, And maybe it's just time we get into the third one. But Although, no, we have, I want to hear AJ's thoughts on part two. Oh, sure. AJ hasn't weighed in on part two yet. Two was okay. I mean, it was just felt like a lot of the same 
I don't know, action beats as mm-hmm. like the first one. Um, and then when you get to the third, they have that like similar like optical illusion thing with the mirrors. They use that in the second and third. Like I feel like mm-hmm. they're they're sort of like they are repeating some of the action, or stuff. even running out of stuff, or right. something like that. Um, wait till we get to the third. There's like parts of that movie where I'm like, oh, they just happen to be in a place that sells a bunch of knives and hatchets. <laughs> it's a museum. Yeah, the museum, whatever, whatever it was. But it's a whole. It's, all it's, the, yeah, it's the oh, we just section. To, yeah, we just happen to be in this room where John Wick can be smashed through a bunch of bunch of panes of glass. Mm-hmm. Like, here we go. But here's what I'll say about the second one. Didn't like the big bad guy, the Santino, whatever his name was. He was a Santino. He was, he was he was a soft piece of shit. He was nothing. Guy's nothing. I'm like, how is this guy? worth anyone's time he sucked he was a wet noodle just talk tough that's all he did he was, he was nothing mm-hmm. um, and then the end I have to ask you Marky because maybe I don't understand the lore and I definitely don't understand what was going on when this happened mm-hmm. John let's spoiler alert John breaks the, the John Wick breaks that continental code and he kills the safe the zone <laughs> he kills the Santino guy inside the Continental, point blank, just shoots him. Dead. Mm-hmm. Winston, Ian McShane's do, uh, character there, he gives him an hour to, you know, before he start, they start chasing him. You know, they before they put the contract out on him for $14 million mm-hmm. or whatever. But when they're talking to each other before he, like, runs off with the dog... And starts like you know, like running, and that's when the credits roll or whatever. Eventually, and they're doing that whole like phoning it into the whatever those headquarters are, the administration area, whatever mm-hmm. they're like mm-hmm. calling it out, putting it on the chalkboard, you know, and all this shit. Right? He's talking to Winston, and where are they? Central Park or something? I don't know where the fuck they are. It's it looks New like York it, City, right? Like, yeah. But they're there. There's like a fountain, and he's talking to him. And I forget what they say. He says, your life is forfeit, blah, 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 blah. But then he's like, you know, hold on. It's like he turns to like one of his like operatives is standing right there. The mm. guy pulls out his phone. All of a sudden, everybody in, in the in the area freezes. Mm-hmm. They all freeze. I'm like, what is this, a Matrix crossover? Like, why is everybody yeah. freezing? This is Keanu Reeves, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, like, why is everybody frozen? And then, and then Ian McShane nods, and they all move, and they all walk away, and they clear the they clear the area. Mm-hmm. Why did that happen? I Somebody think, tell me. Yeah, he was just showing how much power he actually has. Exactly. And the, how many people he has working for him that every single person in that park was someone that works for him. So he planted and, everybody there just to prove. Yes, just to prove a point, yeah. Like, I could kill you right now, but uh, it's kind of like yeah. a... Uh, yeah, being in public isn't it. safe because I own everyone in public type thing, yeah. And he's That's... also telling him, like, without actually saying it, I'm not killing you right now. I could, but I'm giving you an hour. Like, we're friends, so you yeah. got you to get the fuck out of here. All right, all right. That was just a weird little like, yeah, we get it, dude. Like he's he he knows about the society. He knows about the high table and all this stuff. Like he knows mm-hmm. about all this shit. Like why'd you have to do that? 
And it was yeah, a, it, yeah, it, it, it does seem weird... weird that he's flexing right, when, like, John flexing? Wick already knows this shit. Like, you, you're he not taking it. me by surprise. I know yeah. all this already. So, right. yeah, it was a weird thing to do. Right. And John didn't look surprised. <laughs> Did he? Like, he didn't look like, oh, well, Keanu this... doesn't have oh. like, a wide range of emotions either. No, no, no. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, like, the character himself probably wasn't surprised, right? But right. No, probably, like, definitely not. He was probably more like confused. Like, why would you do that? That's weird. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now. I think it's more for the viewer to show like how much power the manager, sure. the, no, the I, I, Shane has. I get that, but I, I, it was it was it seemed a little much. Yeah, I agree. Totally it is weird. Uh, um, and then the, the 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 ending, the fade to black, whatever, like with him running off in there, like the the they're watching him running away from the camera. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And I guess mm-hmm. that they did that to maybe set up three because in three, the opening scene is him running towards you, towards the, the camera. Right. Yeah. Sort of, I think. Right. Yeah. Like, if I remember correctly. Right. Where it left. right. Oh, They're like yeah. very much so. Like, same night because mm-hmm. it's the six o'clock deadline is approaching. It's the same exact day, same exact moment. Um, but must have there's, there's also. But it wasn't daylight savings time because. <laughs> It was six o'clock. And it was like dark. it was like dark outside. Like by the time yeah. There's also uh, east, east coast at the end of that second one where because uh, Winston sends um, uh, Sharon, that's Lance Reddick's character. He sends him yeah. to John Wick's burned down house, and then Sharon says, "Would you please accompany me?" And you know, at that point, I think you're supposed to think like, "Well, he's leading." John Wick to a spot to be killed because in the first one that girl kills that guy inside the Continental and then she is summoned to a place inside the park. That same place, yeah. Yeah, and then they and he up, has her killed right there. In yeah, the he says that your life is forfeit and they kill her and you're, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're doing the same thing with John and you know it's kind of setting yeah, up I think to, to the sh- same place to show up like this is where I would kill you, but I'm not because we're friends. So I'm giving you an hour. You got to go. All right, fine. So are we getting into three? Because this picks up right. It could be like one long movie, basically. That's how exactly two yeah. and three kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one to two is, I guess, somewhat similar. It seems like some t- a little bit of time has gone by. Not a lot because he's going back to get his car right at the beginning. Too. Yeah. So they're mm-hmm. pretty much flowing right into each other. So. Yeah. There's a little bit of a, a span of time between one and two, primarily just because that puppy that he gets at the end of one is more of like a, a grown dog. There's, right. there's at least like maybe not yeah. a full year, but some months have passed. Right. No, it's only about a couple of days. Between one and two? Goes, yeah, he goes home, gets changed. Yeah. Because yeah, the doggy takes us. It was, yeah, uh, a full grown dog. Was it? I thought it was so younger. They really, yeah. they really are playing these movies like like they're flowing one into the next. Yeah. Um so yeah, so now we're into three. And three, I feel mm-hmm. like is three I feel like uh, for the first like I don't know half an hour. I don't want to say forty five minutes, maybe first half an hour. I was like, okay, same deal. I'm dealing with the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's 45 minutes. But then I started to like 
I started to dig some of the um, like the under like the like you know the underground like society like I started to dig yeah yeah I started to dig like what they were doing now like I think Mm -hmm. maybe they got comfortable with the lore the storytellers and now they're like they they understand it more now to tell us about it I think so or maybe I just understand it a little bit more no it's almost like they decided to go ahead and flesh out what that society was and now it's time to tell their story right versus just like the John Wick I mean it still centers on him but it's more of the wider world of that thing mm-hmm. that they're all that they're all living in I do have to ask you Mark this was so confusing to me. this this is two and three I'm so confused by some parts like I don't know why but there's a part towards the end of three do you remember when the the chairman is chasing him with all the guys on the motors I say the chairman because he's the dude from the Iron Chef you know with is an, he really with an open heart and an empty stomach you know is that guy really i say to you and the words of my uncle you know that's hilarious <laughs> so he's the guy that he fights he's the guy the fight he fights at the, at the, the bald end. guy yeah the bald guy zero that's hilarious yeah he's an iron chef i like cuisine sorry yeah he's that guy well he's a fucking Never fantastic uh, uh um, action star he was really believable in that shit so why why is he trying to chase like he comes like at, all right so john goes and meets walks through the desert and he meets up with the the guy that's like above the table like he's like the elder right. or whatever this guy is right you know, he mm-hmm. didn't look that old. it's like a and, sultan in and the he desert. Chop, he chop, right chops off his ring finger gives his um uh, wedding ring as an offering right yeah. the guy accepts mm-hmm. it his job is to go kill winston I assume that that dude, the chairman, sorry, the Iron Chef guy, uh, I forget his name. It's Mark something, the actor, but he's he's working for the adjudicator, that woman, right? Um, that was sent by the high table to mm-hmm. do all these to take care of all this business because of what John Wick did in the Continental. I thought that dude was was like he was on that side of it. He was with the adjudicator. He like, should have been, yeah. So why was he ch- trying to chase him down? And then eventually John puts his hand on the steps of the Continental and, you know, yeah. uh, Lance, Reddick, Lance Reddick's like comes up. He's like, put that gun down, whatever. Like, yeah, you cannot shoot him. Safe zone. Time out. Safe zone. Right. So like what? I was confused by that. Like, was he I was just, too. Was it more of like he wanted to like just fight him? Because remember when they do in the fights at the end? I love that part where they're like the two guys, like the two smaller guys that like help him up john up and they just want yeah. to fight him like yeah. it's like yeah, those an honor are, those guys are fans like, right it's like an honor they, right yeah right but the other guy was like like he was also a fan too but he kept saying we're the same john we're the same yeah yeah like, yeah uh but i just didn't understand why they were coming after him before he even had a they had a chance to even see whether he would follow through on his promise right. to, you know the deal he made yeah, I so, thought they were on the same side as right. like, the elder who's uh, so yeah, I didn't get that either. I, right, I, right. I agree. I, I don't know what happened there because when John first lands back in New York City and he's going through like the metro, there's these mm-hmm. like hit yeah, people the, that come out of the crowd 
Yeah. And, and they help him. the other dudes help him. Yeah. yeah they knife it's him. so and confusing. It, They're like, whose side is, are they on? Well, that part made sense to me. I'm like, oh. That part made sense. Yes. Yeah, because those the, the knife guys, the ninjas, they know that John's on a task now. So they're clearing yeah. out these low-level dum-dums that are still after this $14 million bounty, right. and they don't know. But then as soon as that ends, then it's like, no, the ninjas and you, we're going to fight. Yeah, so, I didn't get that either. I did. Yeah, I, so I got to say, part three was my least favorite of the... Oh, my God, guys. I was yeah. just about to tell you that part three is my favorite. Oh, oh is really? It really? So part one, I enjoyed for what it was. I was like, okay, this is this is interesting, like revenge or whatever. Like, the, the, like Mark you said, a little thinner on plot, but it was more about maybe establishing the character mm-hmm. and a little bit of the world. Two, I thought was like a letdown. It was like a sophomore slump movie or something. I don't know. There was something about it I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't connect with. But then the third one. I freaking loved, and you know what one of my favorite parts was? After he meets up with Halle Berry's character, and they go meet that fucking asshole before the Elder, and he wants to take the dog, and then that whole thing in That suits. scene is maybe the best scene in all three movies. Just that, bonkers. The, whole, the bonkers. Dog awesome. yeah. Right, yeah. And, ha- and Halle Berry and, and, and the characters going through that whole thing. She is so they... a female John Wick, too. Like, she has yeah. the same fighting style as him. Right. Like, they, oh. It's all choreographed very similarly, but she pulls it off. Like, she does, they do mm-hmm. a great job with it. She's badass. And then she's yelling so, at the dogs. Like, certain, during certain points, the dogs come up and just start attacking yeah, everybody. She, mm-hmm. She's yelling out uh, attack commands, and the dog just yeah. comes out of nowhere and yeah. bites him in the, the balls. Yeah. Um, so... Actually, yeah, you know that what? was like the best like sequence of action I think out of all three that, movies. That was yes, one of the best choreographed. I, agree, totally. I, I think so. Very yeah, impressive. Can, uh, can can we take a quick left turn? Sure. Here's a real. So speaking of those dogs, what like famous pet from like movies, TV? If you could pick any famous pet for yourself, who would you pick? Like, would you take like Halle Berry's dogs and fucking part three? Like, how awesome would it be for That'd those be to be badass. your fucking pets, I, right? I, I'd but have if to you could really pick any, it would be, you know, Air Bud. Oh. <laughs> would it be Crypto the Super Dog? Would it be her fucking kick ass fucking German Shepherds? I think I think it would be Baxter from Anchorman. <laughs> oh, that's a fucking good one. <laughs> That's the best. That's uh, Bax- Bax- Baxter can talk to bears. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, we're not going to top Baxter. So we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah. like best Honestly, I'm anyone's going to give. <laughs> yeah, you ate but, a whole uh, wheel but, of cheese. Uh, <laughs> that's, I'm not even mad at you. I'm just, it's amazing. Um, so. <laughs> No, I thought the third one was the best of the three. I thought it just it <sighs> fig- it figured out the formula correctly. Like it just like the first one had, you know, like the angry John Wick revenge thing, going mm-hmm. through enemies. The second one tried to like explain like this high table thing and the markers, and they got some of that across to me. But I was still a little confused. But the third one kind of put it all together for me in a way. And the action sequences that, yeah. were the best. I can and, the, and, and, me, the, and the ending of this one was really good. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll agree. But for me, the action, especially like towards the end, it got just a little too 
monotonous. Like it was fucking judo throw, judo throw, kick him through a glass case. Judo throw, judo throw, yeah, kick him through a glass case. I like see Like the that. same shit just kept happening over and over near the end, which was getting a little like kind of monotonous. But, wasn't, it, wasn't it cool in the museum with the hatches when he takes the, the one and he chucks it across the room and hits the guy yeah, right, in the, right head. in the fucking head? <laughs> yeah, the last guy that's like bad. still moving. Yeah, he's bit. still like groggy. He's like this. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> and it has that satisfying sound of it like hitting his skull. I think that's sadistic, isn't the, it? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> the cutlery section of the museum. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. They just happen yeah. to wander into that area. <laughs> no, three three was really cool. Um, the, there was some also, great moments. Yeah, there, there was some yeah. great moments. Um, it's, it's as far as like a overall breakdown, and I, I want to talk more about three. But as far as an overall breakdown, because you mentioned your favorite, like I said, I think one is my favorite overall movie because of the the mystery of the the backstory, the drive for the character. And the originality of the character and the action. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two is my favorite action movie because I feel like they really spiced up the action. That they got like a bigger budget. That the whole first quarter of the movie with that car stuff is just like that really strikes a chord with me. And it was thinner on the plot, but that's not what I cared for. And then the third one, I felt like there was. I was confused and the plot was just going off on too many things that it, it, it pulled away from some stuff, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, you know, they've out of the three of these, there's enough. We talk about rinse and repeat, but, and formulaic, but they really do a pretty good job for is because the, the, the overall premise of these movies are not deep but they do a pretty good job of uh, being separate enough. Like you know, the third one, you got like some horse action, some motorcycle action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the, the director was like, what, what kind of weird shit can I do in this one? Let's have, let's have the courses kicking dudes. Yeah. That, that scene like, was fine. Again. So, all right. The Halle Berry fight scene was awesome. And the, and the Him using the horses to fucking kick people was fucking awesome. And then the, um, the shotgun shells Save uh, rounds. with the slugs yeah. and where they're, he's just blowing head off after head off after head 12 off. gauge. Yeah, because, they, slug. Oh, that because was they, awesome. they, they were realizing they, that the guns they had weren't good, so they go yeah. back to the, the vault. The body armor was too much. Up with, yeah. You see Lance yeah. Reddick comes into the vault pissed off, throws his jacket off, and just goes over the shotgun wall and starts yeah. pulling shit down. Yeah, and armor piercing, the armor-piercing slugs. Yeah. He's saying Steel like, slug, armor-piercing. Right, so I think that was that unique was awesome. how they <laughs> identified like, oh, we got this problem, let's Go back and kind of also, re- why didn't he just re- shoot those guys? In the legs? Yeah, those I guys know. are just wearing pants. I know. Blow their fucking legs out. Because that wouldn't have been as exciting. Well, yeah. but I, I wrote that down as a note. Why don't you just shoot them in the knees? But then I was thinking maybe they got that uh special fabric that he had in John Wick too. You know, mm-hmm. maybe their maybe their pants are made out of that stuff. Yeah. But um also I, I wrote a lot of notes down here in John Wick three. One thing I wrote was uh Sophia, that's Halle Berry's character. She mm-hmm. can't go back to Casablanca anymore after that whole dogfight, right? The the person she fought, mm-hmm. the guy from Game of Thrones, um, 
is that no what's his name um anyway i forget i had it somewhere but that guy was from uh, game of thrones yeah he was the uh cell sword that was following Tyrion around oh Bronn. <laughs> yeah oh, he's that's Bronn. right he's Bronn. yeah he um never seen game of thrones oh that's a <laughs> that's a whole nother topic now, now i see it now i see Bronn. he just had blonde hair so it's like his, his his character so there were some cool things that they showed right so they go to casablanca because uh john wick is holding a marker we, we see another marker he's got halle berry's marker he did something for her so she's got a blood oath to him and he just wants an audience with uh Bronn. and Bronn is a like the head of this uh the gold coin distribution like the minting the smelting factory yeah he's yeah. a real douchebag yeah mm-hmm. and he wants the dog i like this dog you gift it to me you will give it to me yeah um, he's a real asshole that guy so after that they shoot him in the nuts they shoot him in the leg the dog bites well, they him. shoot him in the leg the dog fucking tears his nuts apart yeah that's right and awesome. then they shoot like all of his henchmen but Halle Berry lives in the same town as the manager of the continental in casablanca like she, she's got she gotta go i thought she was the right. manager of the customer yeah she, she was she the manager is. she is the manager yeah. but right. that guy that guy she gotta go she can't yeah. stay there after all mm-hmm. that shit she just killed like half the uh tables employees in casablanca so it sounds yeah. like you know you know what the, the this movie like sprinkles in these little things where you, you don't know really what's going on you just you just have to take you just have to accept it at face value at the time and maybe they'll eventually explain it they have enough movies or if Halle Berry's character comes back but obviously John did something to help get her daughter away from danger or something right yeah um so we don't know what that is because she says oh I would never want to know where she is because then I might I don't trust myself to not go find her or whatever it's like so you know like that happens here and there throughout the series or like they tell you something, you go like, oh, I guess I just have to accept that. As, just leave that alone. Thing. Leave that alone because they're introducing a new character in a new situation. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Lawrence Fishburne character is like really like there's a lot to that dude that I really have no clue. Yeah, about, I think we'll right find now. out more in uh, part four. Right. I want to complain a little bit about Halle Berry's character, Sophia. Because, like, she was great. I fucking loved her dogs. I think, like, her Halle Berry as an actress, her performance was fucking awesome. I remember seeing, like, online uh, videos of her training at that tactical place. Yeah, Taryn Tactical. She went there, too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, But the fact that John Wick got her daughter out of trouble, and then when she decided to freak out because the dude shot her dog, didn't kill her dog, mind you, she because she had a fucking Kevlar vest for her dog, right? Uh, when she went crazy, John Wick had her fucking back and helped her kill everyone there to get out, and then she was still shitty to him. Yeah, and, like wouldn't give and him any water and was like, yeah, Fuck spit you, in the, the bottle, water. like did that whole thing. Yeah, like why are you being so shitty to a dude? Yeah, I agree with that. Back? I agree like, with that, that. Bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why was that? The why was that the tone? So I think that's one of those situations where. Whatever yeah. happened between them before, we just still we still don't know everything. Well, yeah. and she was also super pissed that he brought the marker, kind of like how John was like pissed not having the, the marker guy. with Santino. Yeah. Like, I'm yep, not gonna yep, do it. yep, that makes and, sense too. And like, she was like, "Fuck you, I'm not going to do it." And just like Santino, John's like, "Yeah, but you kind of got to because yeah. that's what this means." 
Yeah, there's a lot of like mirroring of things like that in the film or callback mm-hmm. to other times when that particular thing was done. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that and who and whatever their history is that yeah. we don't know everything about is mm-hmm. is part of probably that reaction or the way she treated him Speaking. when she dropped him off in the desert and just like just bounced. <laughs> she yeah. dipped Speaking of uh, backstory, a little bit of water in the bottle and, and, then just, and then just dips. Yeah. And and the first third of this movie, we get a little bit more of uh, John Wick's backstory. He goes to that uh, theater and we see Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. And he mentions that he's John mentions that he's from Belarus and he was an orphan and he's part mm-hmm. of this tribe. And he you have to help me. He's got this crucifix on a rosary kind of thing and he's like i, I need passage you gotta right. okay. ticket. You have right. to... another piece of history we just don't know enough about right mm-hmm. but you you kind of you can piece together at least a little bit there that he was he had some upbringing with these people and right. you see you see the kids wrestling and yep, she the says tra- like the training room there yeah, does yep. this bring back fond memories um so there's yep. a little bit with that there um, well, I thought it was kind of funny when he meets the uh, the person that sits above the table, the Sultan in the sand or whatever, and the guy says, "You got to give something to me." John just immediately chops his finger off, and I just wrote down like, "How did he know that he wanted a finger?" Like, I just thought it would be hilarious if he chopped his finger off. And the guy was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, he could have just taken just the take, ring off just, normally. Just yeah. Take the ring off and give it to me, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And John Wick did it so fast, like he just went straight for it. I was like, "This is acceptable." But uh, and they did, you know, we mentioned the horses earlier. Uh, something that I also liked about this one is they uh, introduced a lot more kind of factions of people. So mm-hmm. in the stables and the when those guys are getting their faces kicked in by the horses, if you remember, they're dressed like uh almost like oxford like english like they're wearing like tweed suits three-piece suits and their hair's done up nice mm-hmm. um and then obviously later we get these japanese guys that are almost like ninjas and then in casablanca we've you know got these uh curved sword sultan people oh, so yes. there's, mm-hmm. there's like this wide range of and then the bowery the uh lawrence fishburne's world of these uh beggars on the streets yeah. like there's like what a lot them, of jason mansukas yes i fucking oh my God. love yeah. i can't believe he showed up in this thing. he's in the very beginning of the movie and then pops up yeah. again later in the very beginning a tiktok mr wick and he's wearing like a gold rolex yeah like, tiktok um yeah lawrence fishburne i think he's gonna have a pivotal role in the fourth one well obviously because john gets he's left with he gets left with him at the end of this third movie yeah, that was like I, I'm 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 wondering if like because the way he fell, like he should be dead, right? Yeah, like he should uh, be dead, but he's not. Like, is he that mm-hmm. bulletproof? Is he that bulletproof? And what was Winston thinking? Because right. like, did Winston know he would survive? I think so. Because or Winston, did Winston mean to kill him? I don't. Winston, know. If, I just watched the movie yesterday. And uh, I've, that's like the second or third time I've seen it. And I've thought about that. Like, did Winston mm-hmm. just double cross him at the end? But right when they get on the rooftop and John walks up and I forget what he says to John says something to Winston and Winston gives him like a very like subtle nod, like just to him. Mm-hmm. 
And he says, I've, I think he says, I've got a plan. And he nods to John just like a little bit. And then because Winston knows. Yeah, that was a hell of a fall. That was a hell of a fall. Yeah, it is. But uh, Winston knows that John Wick has what's called plot armor and he can't die. <laughs> right. <from> falling off <laughs> because, a building. Because uh, Lance well, Redicare, Sharon, uh, even said, like looks at Winston and says, well played. Mm-hmm. As if. Yeah, like he's in on it too, or something. So or, I assume Winston knew he would survive, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. And Winston's not like Winston's like a fan, like he's a fan. Yeah. He's a John big, Wick, big, and he's so is gotten Sean. Big trouble for being a fan and giving him one hour almost made it so he lost the Continental. So like, yeah. right, yeah. Sharon, I'm saying he, like he he if he, he he turns to him and says like yeah good. Good, well played. Yeah, he's a, he's a fan of yeah. He's a fan of John Wick. Mm-hmm. That's the the firefight with uh, Sharon and uh, John Wick fighting together in the Continental uh, was badass. Like having Lance Reddick out there. I love that Lance Reddick so to be a badass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Is Lance Reddick got his? You see that one you know, point? Like he slowly <laughs> puts his glasses back up his nose as he's like reloading his shotgun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think Lance, yes, uh, Lance is surely going to be in the fourth one because he passed away just uh, last week. Yeah, Uh, the movie just came out uh, Friday the twenty fourth. So yes, he should by all means he should be in the fourth one. He's he's a a staple like Winston that's been in uh, the all three movies so far. Um, speaking of those ninja guys though, the the two uh, acolytes of the top chef guy the mm-hmm. ones that are like also big fans of john wick Air iron chef marky iron chef what i say master chef top chef top chef um those guys <laughs> those those shorter guys they are from uh the movies called the raid and the raid 2 oh. which are hor- horrifically violent mm-hmm. uh thai movies and they are bad classics. ass yeah those mm-hmm. those two guys are from those movies so um it was it was really cool i remember hearing about the buzz when john wick 3 was coming out and some people heard that these guys were going to be in that movie they're like oh no way like you know, they're coming in um i really like their characters how they could have killed john several times and they you know like you said like gave him a hand stand him up and they they said that he's he's old he's slow but he is still John Wick, and they're just like yeah. admiring him. <laughs> and then uh, after, no, after that so fight, there was like an extended period of that fight where John was fighting on his, John Wick's fighting on his knees because those guys are so short. I was like, yeah, he's just <laughs> fighting him. <laughs> like, but then after the fight, fight on their know, level, they all look at him, and John tells him, he says, "Be seeing you." They, the, mm-hmm. He says it to them. He at didn't that kill point. them. He mm-hmm. respected them too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. So I mentioned that earlier, you know, are we going to see some of these characters again? In the first two movies where it looks like they should be dead, they say that be seeing you. Um, It seems like something that the writers could reincorporate these characters in like a fourth film, say. But in the third movie, when John goes to the theater and meets with Angelica Houston Mm -hmm. and uh, John lays out his stuff on the table and he meets those guys in the foyer. He said, John says to them, be seeing you. And they say back, be seeing you. So it's almost like a, just mm-hmm. like a, you know, a, a pleasantry 
So it, to me, that it lost a little bit of its kind of mystery and special uh, allure um, in, mm. in that in that moment because when it was just between the people that were fighting each other and that looked like they may be dead, I like to think that maybe they'll come back because as a viewer, you don't actually see them, you know, go eyes to the sky, clearly right. dead. Anyways. Um, um, well, uh, here's the thing. So uh, by the time people are hearing this, uh, some of them may have actually seen John Wick 4. Uh, by the time this comes out, I will have seen it. I'm going to go this weekend. So. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, let's, let's make some little predictions on, uh, like what's going to happen in part four, who, who's going to show up. Like I said, some of these people uh, be seeing you. Are we going to see them in part four? Obviously we know, uh, with the way it ended, Larry Fishburne's character, the, the Bowery King, he's obviously going to play a big role in it because he mm -hmm. saved John Wick and he's like, you know, let's fucking team up and take these cunts Let's go out. to war. Yeah. So uh, obviously he's back, and uh, it would make you think Jason Mantzoukas' character would be back. Who, who else do you think we're going to see in part four? I'd like to see uh, Common Cassian. Mm -hmm. Oh, you, I, you're you're saying? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to step on your toes there. I no. was reading my notes. <laughs> no, I asked. I asked. I, I would. I think Cassian definitely. Is a possibility because, like, uh, again, like when he left them, you know, the knife was still in his chest, and he's like, "You pull it out, you'll die." But if he got to a hospital, it's possible he could have lived mm -hmm. through that, right? So he could be there, and it would be nice to fucking see him again. I do like him. So, uh, what about uh, uh, Halle Berry's character? Why, why am I already drawing a blank on her name? Sophia? Sophia, yeah. She going to be back for part four? I don't think Willem Dafoe's coming back. He looked pretty fucking dead. Right, no. But what about Sophia? <laughs> uh, Sophia, yeah. Possibly. There's, you know, I think they could, uh, the, the way that they wrote these characters, their, their ending, if you want to call it that, in the movie, like, they could bring back a lot of these people. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned earlier, even the uh, the Russian mob boss from the first one, like he's mm -hmm. well, but in the second one, the the brother says that he he is dead. So, but maybe he's just playing. I'll try. Yeah. Maybe he's just gone underground to avoid John Wick. <laughs> but then again, Peter Stormare, there he is still alive, right? Mm -hmm. So are we going to see him? We should see more of Angelo of uh, uh, what's his face. Um, my uh, Aurelio, uh, Aurelio, yeah. What's oh, John Leguizamo. Yes, John Leguizamo. He's because he popped up. Was he? In the, he wasn't in the third one though, was he? No, not at all. So, uh, fifty-three top critic reviews, ninety-five percent certified fresh Rotten Tomatoes for four for part four. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, wow. Holy you know, shit. actually, the movies progressively were rated higher and higher. I looked at Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 96, one... 96 audience score, so 95. Jesus. 
Rutgers. You know who else is going to be number it? one was highest. New new cast member is a Bill Skarsgård of Barbarian fame. Oh, that's right. Oh, really? I forgot. Yeah. Well, he's Pennywise in the It movies as well, as you know. Um, he's in it. I don't know if he's like somebody at the t- at the high table because I feel like the high tables talked about a lot. Like we know who's got like we know at least like that the D'Antonio family, whatever, has a seat at it, right? Like uh-huh. international group of people. At I think the, the the that Russian family, whoever they were, they had a seat, I believe. Where Angelica Houston, right? They have a seat, like her group. No, she served. Oh, she served. You're right. You're yeah. right. Um. So maybe Bill Skarsgård, whose character it says in the uh, Rotten Tomatoes name is Mar- Marquise. Marcus or Marquise? That's, mm-hmm. That sounds like a, they're bringing in a French aspect. Right. So maybe that's like a high table person or somebody that's. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this sounds like like they've got to go after the peop- those people, right? Like that's. Well, he is. That's, that's how the third one ends. You know, the Bowery King. Says I'm pissed off. Are you pissed off? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my prediction is that John Wick is going to go back for his wedding ring and he's going to get it from that sand sultan, the dude that sits above. Like he's going to go straight to that dude and get it back. I have a prediction for John Wick 4. All right. What do you got? He's he's going to shoot lots of people in the head at close range. That's pretty good guess all right you know what if he, he turns a mm. new page and, and decides that he's that's all that's behind him the pacifist yeah no I, i'm gonna go with aj <laughs> on this one i i think yes he's gonna shoot people at close range right in the face <laughs> right in the dome i i am excited to see what kind of uh stuff that chad tell and them his team think up or have thought up movies yeah. out now they do like for all like the same Z stuff I talk about, like the same judo throw and stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. and, the, and the shooting close range stuff. There are some interesting things. He like stabs some dude in the eye at one point. Oh my god! And the cutlery that, section in the museum. The cutlery section of the museum. There's like that fight before oh. the two the two little guys they fight. The two guys we were talking about. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. fight before that with the guys with like they're like more like machete size. Knives. If the gu- mm-hmm. they're the ones that kick him through the tons of panes of glass, but he eventually yeah. gets the the upper hand on them. Right. He uses one of the guys as he throws. He throws. Uh. Uh. He swings the the scimitar. Whatever. It's not a scimitar. It's like a machete almost. It gets stuck in like one of the corners oh, right. of the glass, and then he takes the other guy and like runs him across it from yeah, his yeah. ass. Like, well, that's a unique license throw across us. Yeah. So that's a unique uh play on the uh, choreography. I want to see more of like that. Right. And then to the choreography later in that fight uh against the smaller guys, he uses his belt. He pulls his yes. belt out and yes. starts yes. slinging that around. In the same movie there was that motorcycle chase scene where it was like a, a motorcycle that was a good one. A motorcycle sword fight. Um, so more of that. That's why I think three was like action wise mm-hmm. was the best because yeah. they really like were unique, uniquely going. Like it almost felt like he was more thoughtful, the director, about like how 
much more interesting can we make these action scenes? Yeah, we've really got to step it up. Yeah, let's um, step up our game. Yeah, because the first, like the right, the, in the first one he introduced this, uh, this kind of new style of a concept, right? Yeah, yeah, new co- a new concept of uh, Hollywood action of a gunfighter that it's actually mm-hmm. accurate and has to reload and fights close quarters and uses a lot of jujitsu, um, and then and that's mostly pistols, a little bit of knives. And then in the second one, he's like, all right, let's throw in some rifles, some shotguns, uh, some bigger pistols. And then the third one, it just, you know, throws everything at it. Yeah, let's I'm throw them in d- different vehicles. Let's throw them on horses. Let's try to, like, yeah. up the ante. It is, ups- it is it, right. It's absurd, right? But yeah. But I think the third one, it's absurdly fun. <laughs> There's also an homage to uh, the good and the bad and the ugly. And just before the cutlery section of the museum, where he is piecing together old six shooters, mm-hmm. and that's uh, from the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Tuco does the same thing, um, where he has a bunch of pistols in front of him. He takes the cylinder out of one, takes the barrel out of another, takes the firing pin, takes the hammer. He pieces it all together, and Tuco lifts it up to his ear. And slowly rolls the cylinder and hears the click, 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 click. And he's checking for the timing to make sure because the, the cylinder has to line up with the barrel in a certain way with the firing pin. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And he's he's bastardizing. He's putting a bunch of different pistols together. So it's a, it's a direct homage that John Wick is doing for, or Chad Stileski rather, to uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And even when he, he he just puts one round in the pistol and shoots the guy, so it's over pretty quick. But even, yeah. when, he, even when he shoots the guy, there's an old westy sound effect. It's like a pew, like I don't know if you guys caught that, but it's, it's I didn't catch that. But it's it's like a classic old westy, uh, you know, uh, spaghetti western gunshot sound effect. Is pretty yeah. Funny. I can I can hear it in my head. I just didn't. <laughs> yeah. Acknowledge it at the time. Did you hear happened. me say it? <laughs> I just find it funny that like he went through all that work for one shot, one, one bullet, <laughs> like one bullet. It took multiple guns apart and did all that to get one. You shot know, and off. what he did immediately after that, he went in through the door into the cutlery section of the museum. But then the guy, the first guy, comes at him with a pistol, and John Wick immediately goes into his John Wick mode where the guy shoots at him. John literally dodges it, grabs his arm, wrestles the pistol out of his hand and shoots him with his own gun. So John spent, you know, 30 seconds of movie time piecing together a revolver when he could have just waited by the door and (laughs) taken that guy's gun, but whatever. It's not like he's never done that before. Mm Mm-hmm. He's constantly grabbing people as they like turn a corner, and, like disarming them and then shooting them. Like he does it's, that a lot. And it's I, I think it's the second one where he starts taking people's magazines from them. Like he, it's when he goes after San Antonio or uh, D- Dan Antonio in in his own museum, and he he goes in there with a Kimber nineteen eleven with seven shots, and he immediately runs out of seven shots, and then he picks up one of the bodyguards glocks and as he's work making his way through the museum he starts picking 
magazines off of the dead bodyguards as he's moving around because he doesn't have his own weapon with him. And then he finally kills uh, this bald bodyguard that has this short beard who is also carrying a, a 45 caliber pistol. And that's when he reloads his Kimber again and goes into the Continental and shoots Santino with the last round in that Kimber. There's a little bit of continuity within the shooting. I mean, it's they make up obviously some of it. It's not always like a certain round magazine when he's shooting, but it's there's much more consistency with the capacity in his magazines and the gunfights than any movies in the past. Yeah. Uh, well, one other thing, in case anyone missed it. Uh... The, the the whole thing. So the parabellum uh-huh. is actually it's Latin, uh, means prepare for war. It comes from a like a old kind of Latin saying, which was like uh, "see wis pacum parabellum," which basically translates to uh, "if you want peace, prepare for war." So, and uh, Winston says it like right near the end when he says the whole about to thing, go right? out. Yeah. Yeah. And just the whole, if you want peace, prepare for war. So, and he says it all in Latin, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Si vis pacum parabellum. Parabellum. So. It's, um, you know, a, a, a nine by 19 millimeter pistol cartridge uh, is commonly called the the nine by 19 parabellum mm-hmm. just another little tidbit of firearm information there for you yeah so all right then um it'll I... be interesting sorry i, 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 yeah. I felt like you were about to say uh if you guys had any other thoughts and i do dp all right before yeah. you say that <laughs> it'll be so interesting. You guys, wait wait hold on sure 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 do you guys have any more thoughts it's funny you should mention that. I actually do. Um, <laughs> what is John Wick and Winston's and Sharon's relationship going to be like going mm-hmm. into number four? You know, because uh, I think John's going to be kind of pissed. I don't think if, if Winston had a plan that was in John's favor, I don't think John saw it. Yeah, I think he's going to be pissed. Winston made him fall off a fucking five story building and like bounce off eight things before he hit the ground. Yeah. He's going to be pissed at Winston. I think so. He's got to be. I mean, even if he kind of knew Winston had something up his sleeve, he wasn't expecting to be shot and falling over the edge of a building. Mm-hmm. So. Which, by the way, the Continental, is that the... Um, it's flat iron. The Yeah, the flat iron building in New York. It's, uh, is there more than one? Because it's definitely that shape. It, yeah, that's because uh, I mean I know it mostly because of uh, the boys. That's where uh, what's the name? You know, Butcher and them set up is in the Flatiron Building, and that's what it looks like. There's, I mean, there aren't that many buildings that are like wide like that. Yeah, yeah. So unique but spot. I, I oh, assume it's the Flatiron Building. That's... But I don't know for sure. In the in the third movie, you see more of the Continental. That that building has a lot right? of rooms and a lot of elaborate rooms. Yeah, 
There's a huge basement with a furnace. There's this mm-hmm. glass museum somewhere near the top. There's a yeah, gun there's vaults. Some... There's barber shops and right? bars there's a and pool. The pool, hot yeah. tub, and yeah. How, I mean, there's a lot going on in s- that fucking building. You see a couple bedrooms in the first movie, but the fuck, yeah. Um. Any Hoosiers? I, I think that's kind of right. Unless AJ, you got any more thoughts on John Wick? You want to lay out there before we start to wrap it up? Uh, I think I think everyone said it all. Mm-hmm. I'll stick with what I've I've said yeah. already, and I think uh, yeah, I, I'm much more interested in four than I was before seeing three. Because like I said, I was mm-hmm. let down by two, but. Being kind of compelled to see three, you know, I took it at you know at face value. I went into it with open minded, and I thought it was good. That's that's su- surprising to me that um you ended up not surprising. I guess uh I'm I'm happy that you ended up uh, kind of turning your perspective a little bit on the series. I I'm surprised that it was the third one that did it for you, but. I'm not surprised because I'm just a, a junkie for action movies and the third one actually has the most kind of uh, meat to a, a, a plot and a story there with the different characters in the world and everything. Yeah, as flimsy as parts Allie, of it all. And Allie Berry's in it for crying out loud. Oh gosh, she's still goddamn fire red hot. She's still bringing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I also wanted to mention and I feel bad for saying it, but I think it needs to be said that uh, Keanu Reeves, to me, looked like he was slower and a little bit heavier in the third one. I don't know if it's because, like, well, obviously the time's gone on, but, like, maybe they turned the – there may have been a faster turnaround between the second and third one than the first and second. But the first one and second one felt almost like Matrix Keanu, where, like, his – marks when it was him when you could tell it was him and not a stunt double like he was tight in the in the choreography and hard hitting in the third one he's noticeably just a little bit heavier and he's like slower and a lot of times when he's punching it looks almost like a a wrestling match where you can see him uh bringing his punches back before he makes contact noticeably and maybe part of that too is just because like a longer run uh before cuts during these fight scenes like when he's fighting the small guys that again that's probably a part of it too is uh who he's up against because those small knife fighting guys and their world, those guys at the top of their game. I mean, that's they're masters at this this film craft of uh, martial arts. And when you put someone like Keanu, as good as he is, with them, a little bit older, a little bit slower, you can kind of that's the the differences are a little bit more noticeable. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but I I kind of saw a dip in Keanu's on screen performance as far as uh, the fight choreography. By the by, the third one. I will say I didn't notice that, but okay, <laughs> just me. No, um, 
All right. Uh, before we wrap it up, anyone got any uh, any recommendations before we call it a night? Uh, Marky, what, what do you got? Um, Sam and I have been watching Severance on Apple, Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Adam Scott, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directed by Ben Stiller. I don't know who wrote it, but it's been a a mind fuck, and it's it's had us. It's had its claws in us for a couple of weeks, hmm. and we've just got one episode left to go. And I don't know if there's been an announcement. We we haven't Googled it even to see if there's going to be a second season because I've learned my lesson in the past. If I haven't finished a season and I Google to see when the next season's coming out, the article always starts with like, here's what happened at the last season. And I'm like, God damn it. And I just like yeah. spoiled it for myself. <laughs> But um, so you gotta wait till you finish. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm gonna wait till I finish before I Google to see if there's gonna be a second. But we've mm-hmm. thoroughly been enjoying that show. Um, John Tuturo's in it. Uh, Christopher Walken. Tuturo. Um, Christopher Walken and uh, oh, um, Patricia Arquette. So. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I I recommend it to you fellas as well. It's it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen the trailers for it. I haven't I haven't gotten into it yet, but I think I'll check it out. But you know, the new season of Ted Lasso just started. Oh so yeah, we're doing that a- too. Well, watching Apple Plus, but I haven't gotten to Severance yet. Yeah. How about you, H? You got any uh any recommendations for the listeners? Nothing actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't right. really been watching anything. No oh. TV? No, I haven't really been watching much TV um, this week. Watched a few movies, but other two movies, but yeah, I haven't really watched much TV this week. So I've been, hey, maybe Severance. I've been looking for a show. So I, yeah, it's, it's, you can run through the whole first season. Um, it's one of those where as soon as one episode's done, then you've just got to fire up the next one. So uh, maybe give yourself some time to where you can chunk through two or three episodes at a time because it's we've stayed up late several nights because we haven't been able to stop watching it. Watch WrestleMania next uh, next weekend. That's my recommendation. Nice. It's going to be amazing. Um, uh, there's a show I've been watching uh, recently. It's on uh, Hulu. Uh, it's called Will Trent. It's, you know, you kind of typical police procedural, but, you know, it's got its few little quirks that makes it a, it, it's a fun watch. It's uh, based on a book series by this author named Karen Slaughter. Uh, and again, it's kind of your typical uh, Sherlock Holmes-esque story, you know, brilliant detective, but has got some flaws but really good at his job type storyline but it's a fun one the uh the lead actor in it is fucking really good uh that is the supporting cast is excellent and it's a it's definitely a, a fun watch and you can find it on hulu i think uh it's about like nine or ten episodes into season one so Okay. Yeah, get going now. It's fun. It's a fun watch. I I've been enjoying it. Anybody so. on the cast that we'd recognize? Uh 
And uh, so, uh, what's her name? Erica Christensen. Remember the girl? Remember the movie? Did you see the movie Traffic? Yeah. The the teenage girl that got hooked on uh, heroin. She, she's a grown up now. She's in it. Uh, Jake McLaughlin's in it. He's been in a bunch of random shit. Like he's one of those dudes where you see his face and you recognize. No, I, him, I know that but... name, but I can't put the face to it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's uh it, it it's worth the watch. I mean, uh, I've been enjoying it at least. So, but uh, other than that, uh, you can watch uh, our social media feeds. It's at Movie Council Pod on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us at moviecouncilpod at gmail dot com. And uh, make sure you you're subscribed and you rate and review the podcast. Leave us a review. We'll we'll read it on the air and give you a shout out, and we'll uh, really appreciate it. So hit so us up. Is um, short of that, I guess time to say good night. You guys got anything before we say good night? All right. Then for Marky and AJ and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you more than you will know. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. Good night. Be seeing you. That was good, Marky. Thanks. The Movie Council is adjourned. Adjourned.